Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Today's episode is sponsored by Papillon Dupere Publishing. Papillon Dupere Publishing is a niche publishing label that works with authors of commercial and literary fiction, both established and new. P2P is a mission-driven, aiming to bring to market quality work often overlooked by mainstream publishers. Papillon Dupere works a dual model, publishing both traditionally and through an agile hybrid system that guarantees publication for independent authors. Papillon Dupere works meaningfully with writers on their writing journey. Ask them for any testimonials regarding how their team might be able to help you on your writing and publishing journey. Let their authors, clients, and associates tell you. They have a Facebook writers group. They have a website. Uh, you can see that at Papillon Dupere. That is P-A-P-I-L-L-O-N hyphen D-U hyphen P-E-R-E dot com. And you can submit a query to them or email them with any questions. Thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by Caroline Fleur. She wrote the book Destiny and Other Dilemmas. You can find it on Amazon in Kindle format and paperback format. Here is the blurb. Brooke Stern seemed to have the perfect life until she didn't. After an unexpected turn of events that shook her marriage of 15 years, she must navigate her new normal as a single independent woman. Juggling her son's food allergies, her demanding career, and growing interest in a mysterious man, she's determined to restart her life and find a clear path ahead. When she finally reclaims her courage, she is confronted with the harsh consequences of her choices. Any step forward is a potential risk as she tries to make the best decisions for herself and the future of her family. That is, if destiny doesn't step in and decide for her. Based on that, I think I need to own that book as well. Um, I will include a link to the Amazon as, so that you can purchase this book and support the author just as the author has chosen to support this podcast. Thank you, Caroline, and thank you, Chris. Uh, you can find her book in the show notes as well. Thank you both for supporting the Figgy Bookworm. Hey everybody, I am here with Daniel Pace. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And we are going to get 2022 started off with a bang with some wonderful book talks and some definitely some mental health talks. Um, I know Daniel writes a lot about mental health. I've worked in the mental health field for a long time, so I know we are going to have some really great chats and hopefully get 2022 started off on a really awesome foot. So 
thanks for joining me, Daniel. Hi, and welcome. Hello, always a pleasure. It's nice to start off the year with a good person to interview, of course. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I had taken a couple weeks off from the podcast. Um, Christmas Day and New Year's Day happened to fall on Saturdays, which is my podcast recording day. So instead of trying to... Um, force my either myself to reschedule a day, which I tried that in the past, did not work. Um, tried recording on a Sunday, two weeks in a row for somebody to be flexible. I completely forgot both times and felt horrible. So Saturday is always the best day for me to record. <clears throat> Excuse me. And with those having been holidays, I just figured it was, it was a good chance to take some time off and um, just kind of relax and now I'm ready to get back into the swing of things. So yeah, definitely a good opportunity to take a break and kind of reset. So yeah, yes. definitely. Yes, absolutely. Um, I know um, both of us have talked about mental health and um, how important self-care is and how important it is to take care of our minds and not just our bodies. And, um, you know, I think the the pandemic has really stressed a lot of people out. I think that it has gone on a lot longer than anybody has really expected. Um, and it, it is causing, um, it's causing some, some issues for everybody around the world. And I think that we just, you know, we need to focus on taking care of our minds and making sure that our minds are in good places and we're staying positive and, um, what, what are some things that either you do or you would recommend to somebody to start taking care of their mental health if that's not something that they're used to doing? Um, so for me, a big factor is recognizing how I'm feeling in the moment and just kind of first accepting and recognizing how you're feeling and then taking that as a quite a big stepping stone um, to then work out what works best for you as an individual in terms of getting you out of that cycle or that rut that you might be in. So for example, if I'm feeling particularly anxious, I might sit there and think, well, I'm feeling anxious about this and that. Um, I can't do much about this situation, but I can control how I'm feeling. So the anxiety is actually trying to protect me so in a way um i'm fighting against it but it could technically be my friend because it's protecting me trying to protect me in a situation that feels its threat and then sort of generally i tend to write quite often just as a general catharsis um of my general mental health and just to express myself um in whatever i'm writing about really yeah i know um some people recommend journaling um, for when a person is feeling overwhelmed. Um, personally, journaling doesn't really work for me unless somebody's making me do it. <laughs> I, I was in, I, um, I fought with, I, I refuse to say I suffered from, um, I, you know, anxiety, yes, it can be seen as an illness, um, but like you said, it can also be your friend. 
and I, I fought with anxiety uh, for a long time. Social anxiety was the big thing. And um, I was seeing a therapist for a while. And one thing that she had me doing was she had me doing a uh, gratefulness journal. I did it great while I was seeing her. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I graduated and wasn't seeing her anymore, um, journaling just kind of fell by the wayside. It's just not something that I can keep up with. Um, but one thing that I have realized about myself, at least, is that part of my social anxiety um, in super crowded places, such as the mall, such as the fair, such as big churches, um, which, relatable. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, places where there's a lot of people crammed in what can seem like a very small space. Um, I realized that being empathic, all of that different emotional energy was wearing me down. And so yeah, being empathetic is a bit of a almost a double-edged sword I think is the phrase because it can be really helpful but then it can work against you quite often. <laughs> yes. And you know and that was you know and recognizing that that was a big part of my social anxiety that and being an ambivert um I'm an extrovert until I'm not um, and going, going from extrovert to introvert literally can happen within about 2.5 seconds. I mean, it, it happens very, very oh, yeah. quickly. Um, anybody who has ever been in that situation and don't feel like there is a name for what's wrong with you, that's the name. It's, it's an ambivert and it's somebody who loves to be around people and needs that social interaction but can go from social butterfly to homebody within about 2.5 seconds. And, you know, so going through therapy, learning about my empathic side, learning about what my social personality is and learning to work with those things rather than against them, trying to force myself into situations that make, that make me uncomfortable <clears throat> I am so sorry. I have a frog in my throat. Um, you know, instead of trying to force myself into those situations that make me uncomfortable, just recognizing that those aren't the situations that I should be in. And, you know, and I think that people with anxiety specifically, trying to force them into those situations is not helping them at all. And they are not helping themselves by forcing themselves into those either. Um, so what, um, what part of social anxiety do you think, um, somebody should force themselves to be more open to different situations if there is any, I know I just contradicted myself, but we'll keep the talk going. <laughs> well, I think. If you're struggling with social anxiety, the best thing to do is work out what social situations you feel anxious in. So for both of us, it's busy places. Um, so you could work your way up slowly to spending sort of five or ten minutes in that busy place and just generally build it up like that. 
Um, and just kind of take your time and pace yourself and almost not punish yourself for not liking it at first and just seeing how it goes and hopefully um, over a period of time in that kind of 10, repeated 10 minutes or so, um, you'll start to feel more comfortable and then you'll almost become aware of the people around you because I quite often find that although I'm anxious about the people around me, it's more the anxiety that I'm anxious of, <laughs> if that makes sense. It does. And it just becomes a bit of a vicious cycle. Yeah, you you get anxious because you know you're going to be anxious. It's yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's it's a very it's a very odd feeling um walking in, walking into a place that is you know is going to be busy, you know is going to have strangers um and you know strangers strangers tend to be rude and <laughs> that's um you know just where I live that just tends to be what happens you know people are they are focused on themselves they are focused on their own lives they're focused on their own errands they're focused on what they need to do and they're not really thinking about those people around them when somebody who is empathic or somebody who has social anxiety that's all they're thinking about is those people around them yeah suddenly <laughs> everybody's looking at everyone else <laughs> yeah you know and I, my, you know, I, I tell people shopping is the bane of my existence. I, um, I cannot do window shopping. I cannot just go somewhere and browse. Um, I, you know, if I need something, I am in the store, I'm out of the store. That's, there is no browsing around. There's no wandering around looking at other stuff. It is, if I have to go to the mall, it's because I have to go to one specific store. I go to that store, I get what I need, and I leave. <laughs> I do not just walk around the mall. <laughs> it does not happen. It's just, it's, you know, and I, I had a friend a long time ago that that's all she would want to do is just go to the mall and walk around. And she didn't understand why Pam didn't want to go. And I'm like, oh, yeah. well, but <laughs> it's the mall and it's, it's the mall. That's really all I can tell people about shopping is that's, that's just not my thing. It's, I don't enjoy that. <clears throat> um, okay. So let's move on to your books. Um, no, I have not read them. I am so sorry. Um, I do not read poetry. Um, I know you've uh, listened. You. I'm sorry. Since it's you, I won't hold it against you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, no, you you listen to the show, and you have heard um, you've heard my personal no judgment opinions on poetry. My my opinions are my own. They I do not judge other people for enjoying poetry. If that is what you enjoy, knock yourself out. Please enjoy the book. I hope you buy Daniel's book. Uh, so far, it has been extremely popular with people. Um, and I know it focuses actually a lot on mental health, um, which I think is fantastic. I think that we need to normalize talking when we're having a bad day. You know, like I'm sure you saw yesterday on Twitter, I was having a day. 
Um, yeah, you are. <laughs> I am not going to go into details, uh, not while we're recording, um, but I, I did get some bad news yesterday that just knocked me completely off kilter. My emotions were all over the place. I spent most of the day fighting tears um, and in a lot of times not fighting them and <laughs> having a lot of people going, oh, what's wrong? Um, which I'm sorry, when you're sitting there bawling, that's really not what you want to hear. Just FYI. Um, but yes, I was having a day yesterday and, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily appreciate the constant complaining, um, and the constant negativity from some people. Um, I had a cousin on Facebook that I actually had to unfollow, um, because the, she was constantly complaining and she was constantly just bringing negativity into my world. And I, I, that I, I don't deal with very well. Um, but we have to normalize being able to talk when we're having a bad day and let people know we're having a bad day. Hey, I'm not perfect. None of us are. Um, yeah, definitely. Because we're all human. And so we all have our good and bad days. So. We need to kind of open that kind of spectrum to both the good and bad and not just the perfect. Yes, absolutely. You know, they, um, there have been statistics uh, going around that, you know, since social media has started, you know, depression and anxiety has increased, you know, because people look at other people's lives and see only the good parts and it causes a sort of comparison with, you know, well, why doesn't my life look that great? Well, yeah, you're seeing about five seconds into their life. You're not seeing what was before that. You're not seeing what was after that. Um, and I think that by normalizing talking about it and mentioning at the very least when we're having a bad day, it kind of normalizes that. Yeah, and the fact that you can feel good in the morning and then feel bad in the afternoon as well, just how kind of unpredictable unpredictable it can be yes with, absolutely like, and how your day goes really yes absolutely um so when when you're having a bad day what is something that you like to do to kind of get your your even keel back um well it depends because if i'm on a writing kind of burnout then i tend to, i tend to get quite fed up because writing is my outlet um so i do make sure that if it's to do with writing then i take a break and just consume something else <laughs> whether that's watching tv or something like that just to get a bit of inspiration a bit of energy back um but then if it's anything else i tend to revert back to writing and write about that experience um so for example um earlier this week i had some trouble with my epilepsy um so i wrote about it in a few um, sort of social media posts. I'm not going into any kind of massive detail, but it just lets people know that there's a lot going on behind the scenes and there's definitely things that can get in your way in life sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but we have to mm -hmm. make the best of what we've got, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I have actually known people with um, epilepsy and have been... Um, I have not actually seen, um, a, 
I hesitate to use the word seizure, but that's, that's what happens. Um, and I, I haven't actually seen one in action, but I have seen the aftermath and they can be tough and they, yeah, they yeah. you know, and it, and it can put a strain on a person's mental health, knowing that your body just isn't, isn't doing what it's supposed to. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and, um, you know, and I, I totally, um, I can totally get how that, um, could be, um, could be the start of, you know, dark times every once in a while. And, you know, it's, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. So what, um, what kind of books do you like to read? I know, I know you write mostly poetry, but what kind of books do you like to read? Um, so it tends to be fantasy or kind of dark horror. So anything along those lines, really. Mm. Fantasy or dark horror? That's that's a pretty wide spectrum there. Um, it is. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I expected you to say dark fantasy, honestly. Um, so I most people I know actually do read a lot of fantasy. Um, that's you know most of the self-published authors that I know on Twitter. Um, that's mainly what they write. Maybe that's because that's what I read. And so that's what I tend to attract into my world. Um, but fantasy is probably my favorite genre. It's the one that I tend to gravitate to the most. Um, so what, what are you reading currently? And do you read a lot of indie books? Um, I tend to, kind of dabble between like traditionally published books and then um, self-published books um, just to kind of get a, almost the best of both worlds, if you like. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and there doesn't seem to be much um, difference between the two, which always confuses me why there's such a stigma around like self-publishing, because you can get some really great books out of, from like self-published authors. Um, so I don't really know why there's such a stigma around it, but hopefully by being a self-published author, I'm doing my part in squashing that stigma. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so at the moment, I am reading this book called um, A Discovery of Witches, um, which I think is the first book in a series. And it's actually it is, so actually. Because cool, it's about um, witches in like almost a contemporary society in Oxford. Um, and one of the witches is a just coming up to doing her thesis and things like that and going on to do a PhD um, and completing that. And then she's trying to kind of fight against her magical instincts, if you like, and try and fit in with the human society. So it's, it's quite a insightful book actually <laughs> it is yes i have actually listened to all three books on audio um i i don't listen to many audiobooks um, because i tend to drown them out they tend just kind of they just kind of move into the background as white noise um so i get frustrated because i lose my place constantly um but a discovery of witches in the the two following books were amazing on audio. They were incredible. And um, they are traditionally published. I believe Deborah Harkness is the author. 
Um, yeah. Very flowery language. Um, there's a lot of description. Um, and it is actually a... Um, t- they made a TV show out of it, out of the, the books. Um, they only made two seasons, and they got canceled. And I'll tell you why. I know exactly why it got canceled. Because they took all three books, and they took a page from here and a page from here and a page from here and they smished them all together and then they made a TV show out of it. And so her, oh my, yeah. Oh, mm. the There's parts in the first episode, literally the first episode that are in book three. There's parts oh. in, yeah, there's parts in the third episode that were in book two. And it's, yeah, they, they like moved things like, all like all around it's yeah and so fans fans of the books did not like the tv show and there's only two seasons um i am still trying to work my way through it because i like the actors that they have playing the characters um so i'm i'm still trying to work my way through the show but that's that's why there's only two seasons um but I do agree. Those are some, those are really good books. And I look forward to um, your thoughts. And if you have the chance to listen to the audiobooks, I definitely recommend that as well. Um, the, I think I might listen to the audiobooks of the next two, actually. Yeah, the, um, it's easier to get, it's easier to hear her descriptions of things and the, the flowery language that she uses, it's easier to digest all of that through audio, I think. Um, because a lot of people, when the books first came out, a lot of people were frustrated with her books and how long they were and how they didn't feel like they should be as long as they were. And, you know, I was able to put in my own opinion on that and say, Hey, try an audio. Because it was actually easier for me to digest all of that language and all of that description from in audio format. So if you have trouble with that, I, I do recommend uh, trying them on audio. And the narrator is fantastic. So. I can see that would be better, to be honest, because some of the descriptions, although I pick up on some of the descriptions, some of it tends to pass me by because it is quite intense sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be really helpful, actually, I think. Yeah, um, I and the the narrator is fantastic. She her accent, well for me accent for you probably not so much because uh, I I believe she's English. Um, but um, yeah, that her accent was fantastic and um, it's you know her voice was great. So yeah, I I do definitely recommend uh, trying it on audio if you do not enjoy the print version. So it's, you know, I think her books are kind of one or the other. You're either going to enjoy on audio or you're going to enjoy in print. And you're not, it's not going to be a, a oh, both yeah. kind of thing. So, um, okay, so what is the last self-published or indie book that you read? And did you enjoy it? Um, the last one I read was Silver by Michael Stoneburner. It came out. I can't remember quite when it came back out, but it came out a few weeks ago, um, and it was really good actually. Uh, good. Um, it's a young adult fantasy, and it's um, it's almost got a domesticated feel to it. It's quite cozy, but then it ends up being really dark. So I like the kind of trans 
transition, if you like. Okay. <laughs> and you get to know the characters quite well, so. And it's called Silver, like the color silver. Yes, it is, yeah. Okay, by Michael uh, yeah. Stoneburner. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, I am actually reading a book. Um, it's a net galley book, actually. Um, and the author is not on Twitter. Makes me so sad. Um, every yeah, every time I find a book on NetGalley, it's like the first thing I do is I head over to Twitter to see if I'm following them, <laughs> especially yeah, if I'm enjoying the book. <laughs> um, yeah, especially if I'm enjoying the book, um, because you know I love one of the things that I love so much about Twitter and the writing community and the reading community is that have, being able to have that contact with the authors of your books that you're reading and being able to tell them oh, this part. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, you know, it's always, whenever I come across a book, um, that I'm really enjoying, first thing I do is I go to Twitter. I'm like, are they on Twitter? Um, so that I can go follow them, but he is not on Twitter. It makes me so sad. Um, his name is Charles Watcher and the book is the twin paradox. Oh yeah. I think I've heard of that actually. And it's, um, I'm like maybe five, five or six pages in, I'm not very much in, but I have already come across a guy down at the bottom of the ocean seeing red and blue turtles, um, blue fish, like not like blue sharks, um, sharks that are not supposed to be blue are blue. Um, and I'm like, okay, I kind of need to know why these animals in the bottom of the ocean are colors they're not supposed to be. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I need, I need to know. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, What's really sad is when I request a book on NetGalley, I don't always get to it right away. And so by the time I actually do get to it, I forget why I requested it. <laughs> so I know I do that quite often if I download a book on my Kindle. <laughs> so I yeah, so I don't know why I I you know, requested it and I'm like, what is this book about again? So I have absolutely no idea what this book book is about. Let me see if I can find the blurb. Um, At least it'll be an extra surprise, I guess. <laughs> so, we, yeah, so hopefully, you know, it means it's going to be um, a good book. I mean, so far, I'm pretty impressed with, um, you know, the multiple uh, colored turtles. I mean, literally red on one side and blue on the other. And there's like a solid line um, around the turtle dividing the two colors. So it's um, super weird, and I am very much looking forward to getting further into the book so that I can figure out why these turtles are red and blue. Um, okay, with 10 years passing for every three minutes on a remote stretch of Texas coast, planes fall out of the sky, evolved species are on the hunt, and people die inside one of the most vicious ecosystems ever grown, all a result of the government's efforts to slow down time. A lot can happen in 10 years. That's the point. Governments are always racing for supremacy, for scientific breakthroughs, for technological advantages, and these things take time, until something goes wrong. 
with the grounded yet massive world building of Ready Player One, thrilling scientific questions of Jurassic Park, and the time-bending teen drama of Before I Fall, Wachter's The Twin Paradox is a brilliantly plotted tale that is both intimate and massive, relentless yet deliberate, and explores the themes of self-acceptance, self-confidence, and natural selection in a richly hued and unforgettable world. Ultimately, the eternal question of nature versus nurture is boiled down into this fast-paced thriller told over the course of five days and culminates in one single question. Do we get to choose who we are? That's deep. I like that. <laughs> I Now you can see why I'm like, I need to read this book. Um, yesterday was not a very good day for reading. Um, and today is shaping up to be probably a pretty busy day. I have, um, obviously podcast recording. Um, as soon as we're done recording, my husband and I are going to get our booster shots. Um, and then we have my nephew's birthday party. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, so I am, I'm not going to get probably a whole lot of reading done, um, until later today, but I'm really excited to get into it. Um, and, I will definitely let you know if it's one you need to read. Um, you are subscribed to my blog as well. So as soon as I get my review, as soon as I get my review written, you will get notified of it. Um, I'm really actually proud of myself. I'm going to change the subject here for a second. Two weeks into the new year, I have sent two weekly newsletters. Wow, you're organized. I'm like, I am like feeling really on top of everything right now. Um, and um, I was able to, um, on the 6th, I was able to do a book giveaway. Um, and um, I, I just remembered something I was going to ask you before we started recording. But I'm not going to ask you right now. Uh, not while we're recording because I don't want to put you on the spot. Um, I'll ask you when we're done. Um. So, other than reading, writing, um, what are some things that you like to do? Do you like to play video games? Do you like to watch movies? Do you like to just go out in public and watch people? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, a lot of my time is either spent studying for my college course, um, writing, um, or just general life busyness um but aside from that I do like watching a lot of tv and a lot of films um just try to keep on top of kind of stimulating my imagination although it's not directly intentional in doing that but it is quite useful in doing that totally and get yes, it I do, um like going out and meeting people when we can um and just sort of making the most of sort of anything that comes to mind, really. Um, so I quite often like going to the cinema, for example, because that's it's always nice to see a good film at the cinema. It feels a more fulfilling experience sometimes. <laughs> um, going out to eat is always a good thing. Can never say no to food. <laughs> uh, can never say no to good food, yes. Totally get it. Yeah, so I'm fairly flexible on anything, really. Obviously, there are good and bad things, but yeah, fairly open, really. What is the last movie that you saw that you really, really, really enjoyed? 
and think everybody should go see. Um, and please don't say Matrix Resurrections. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, but you know, I, I will, go ahead. I'm. I'll tell you in a minute. I will say the new Spider Man because <sighs> it was good. Have not seen it yet. Ugh, my husband wants to see it so bad. We might have to make time this weekend if we're feeling okay after our shots. It's quite confusing at times. <laughs> um, but then it, after you've watched it, it kind of connects and you connect all the dots and it all makes sense. And it's just, yeah, it's just a bit intense. <laughs> and okay. I quite like it in films. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, the I will I will say I was as a huge, huge, huge fan of the Matrix franchise. I was disappointed by Resurrections. It. I've heard a few people say that actually. It was just not what we have come to expect from the franchise, and I think that it is. I think it has a lot to do with Resurrections was directed by only one Wachowski. The other three were directed by both. The two, yes. The two Wachowskis together are absolute magic. Jupiter Ascending is another really, really, really good example of the magic of the Wachowskis together. Um, And uh, I don't remember... I want to say Lily Wachowski is the one that was not involved. I can't remember what her name is. Um, I want to say Lily, um, but Lana Wachowski is the one that directed Matrix Resurrections. And I, and I honestly just think that it, because it was just one Wachowski and not both, that it just kind of fell flat. Um, and it just wasn't, it just wasn't what we've come to expect. Um, so I, I won't necessarily say don't waste your time, but I will say don't pay full price <laughs> for seeing it. Wait until it's like out on Redbox or something. Um and you know, and try to get it for as cheap as possible because otherwise if you hate it, you're not out a whole lot of money. Um if you love it, you're not out a whole lot of money. So it's um it's just one of those just kind of wait and see. Um, don't deliberately go out of your way to pay however much you guys pay in England for movie tickets. Um, just, I mean, just simply be, I mean, it just, it was just off and it was, it was odd. So it had good parts. It had bad parts and just, yeah. With a series, you need a bit of continuity. So if the last one's off, then it kind of skews it a little bit. Well, and the Resurrections is actually set 60 years after the end of Revolutions. And, oh, okay. Yeah, so they, you know, and I think that they did that on purpose to kind of explain away some of the incongruities in the movie. Um, but it just, yeah, it just wasn't, it just wasn't what I was hoping it would be. And I was just a little disappointed, so... Oh, so potentially they've gone more towards the explanation rather than the story. <laughs> and it's kind of... Yeah, I guess Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. Um, they tried to... 
they did a lot of flashbacks and they did, you know, it's, I don't know, it's hard to explain why I disliked it without giving away too many spoilers. Because I, you know, even if I don't like a movie, I'm still not going to spoil it for somebody else. Unless that person, unless that person is my husband, because he doesn't care. He's like, (laughs) he's the one person on the planet that I can tell him the entire TV series of a show. And when I'm done and we get to the series finale, he will still say, okay, yeah, let's watch it. He's the only person on the planet that I have ever been able to do that with. That's a good husband. <laughs> so, um, but but I'm the exact opposite. I have to not do, not know anything. I mean, he can give me like the first episode and that's it. Um, if he tells me, you know, anything about the rest of the show, I'm like, you just ruined it. Now I'm not going to watch it. So, <laughs> it's... Yeah, if somebody did that to me, I'd be sort of watching for the end and it would annoy me (laughs) exactly somebody okay so when the third star wars movie came out um the one um what was rise rise of the sith or revenge of the sith i think is the the third one yeah um i was talking to a friend and he goes yeah wait till you see how um anakin becomes death darth vader I'm like, are you are you kidding me with this right now? Seriously? So then, of course, I go to see Revenge of the Sith, and I'm sitting there just waiting, unable to actually enjoy the the visual stunningness. Yes, that's a word of this movie because I'm waiting for for Anakin to be become Darth Vader and and find out how he how they do it. It was yeah when. Darth Vader gonna pop out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was yeah, I was extremely frustrated with that whole situation, and um, I think that's I'm just and I'm not really a Star Wars fan anyway. Um, there's there's Trekkie and there's Wars. There's <laughs> there's very few people who will say they love both and are are obsessed with both. Um, I'm very much a Trekkie. I've seen all the Trek movies, um, except original. I have not seen the all of the original movies, um, but yeah, I'm huge Trekkie, so Star Wars is just not my thing. Um, okay, so back to books. What? What was? Can you name your top five books of 2021? Um, I would say top ten, but that might like push us over. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I would say, in no particular order, um, normal people, um, I did technically start watching and reading, um, A Discovery of Witches in 2021, um, so that would be one of them, um, and then I would say another one would be Stephen Bartlett's, um, book, um, A Happy Sexy Millionaire. Um, it was just quite good on mindset and things. <laughs> it's a, that's an awesome title, I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> it did actually make me cringe the first time I read the title, but now I've read the book, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, I have a book in my Kindle, um, 
that has the F bomb in the title. And I'm like, uh, and it's it's a non it's a nonfiction self help book. I haven't read it yet, um, but that's part. That's actually part of the reason why I bought it is because I'm like, I really need to know why they put a cuss word in the title. <laughs> it's just you know, um, so every once in a while, dream. <laughs> you what? You're a marketer's dream. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, but I, I tend to stick mainly with self-published and indie writers. Um, you know, all of my top 10, I think other than the one audiobook that I put on my top 10 list for last year, I think all of them were indie or self-published. Um, and they, they were just, I mean, last year was a really great year for for indian self-published books at least as far as i'm concerned um i'm sure there may have been a few bombs out there i was not privy to them so uh, <laughs> as far as i'm concerned last year was a fantastic year um so what are some books that this coming out this year that you know about that you're excited to read um well there's seb reed's new book oh um, yes <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Other than that, um, this might sound really selfish, but I'm publishing my next book, so I'm quite looking forward to that coming out. <laughs> um, other than that, I'm just kind of sitting and waiting to see what comes up on Twitter, to see what I can pick up. <laughs> yeah, I, I am considering... Um starting a series on my blog where every month I put, um, I put out a post with all as many as I can of the books coming out that month. Um, I'm actually excited for three books for sure that I know about. Um, one is my friend Katie's book between the birches. It is an urban fantasy. Um, so with it being fantasy, you might enjoy it. Um, I got to proofread most of it last year. Loved it. Um, cannot oh, wait. Yes, absolutely cannot wait. And she is, she's going to be sending it to me for proofreading um, later this month. So she is hoping, I think, to have it out, I want to say by April, maybe. Um, Katie, you'll have to correct me on that if I'm wrong. Um, since she listens, I know, <laughs> I know she'll let me know. Um <laughs> And then my friend Lacey is putting out two books this year. Uh, she's putting out the prequel to The 13th Zodiac. Um, it is called Leo. She's putting that out in July. Um, and then I believe in May, um, the sequel to The 13th Zodiac, uh, Dream Taker, is coming out. So those are definitely three books that I am super, super, super excited about. Um, if you've read the 13th Zodiac, um, you'll be excited about the sequel and the prequel. If you have not read the 13th Zodiac, you need to go buy it. And you need to read it. That definitely does sound, some, <laughs> sound like something I would enjoy, so I'll definitely check that out. It is, yes, it is epic fantasy, uh, so there's, there's a lot in it. Um, but there's, you know, the small romance, there's the really great characters... There's the bad guys that you hope fall down an elevator shaft, um, even oh, yeah. though 
even though they don't have elevators in this world, this this guy still needs to fall down an elevator shaft. He is he's a bad guy. Um, but yes, the Thirteenth Zodiac. If you have not read it, I definitely recommend it, um, especially since you love fantasy. Um, and then wait for the other three books to come out and check those out because I'm really 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 excited um, about them. Uh, I can I I honestly. I can't say too much about them because they're not out yet. Um, but I, knowing what I know about the authors and um, I just actually got done proofreading Leo. Um, so I have read Leo. It's definitely, definitely worth your time. Definitely worth your money. Um, and I know she would appreciate the support. So um, for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Read those. Um, totally. I mean, honestly, they're totally worth it. It's, I, I can't really say, um, too much, but the mythology that she created for her world is brand new. Um, and it's, it's def yeah, just get the books. It's, they're worth your time. I promise. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> While we're on the subject of book recommend, me, oh, yeah, for sure. I just remembered that I um, also read um, the first book of Halo Scott's um, Ed Edge of the Breach. Um, I think I've got that right. Um, I think it's a trilogy. I'm not sure if it's a quadrilogy now, but I'm going to read the next few because <laughs> they're very, um, they're obviously very dark and they're fantasy, so it's right up my street. Um, and they're also quite intense, so that's always good. <laughs> and they're very gory, so. Ah, yeah. I <laughs> I am proofreading a book right now that um, falls into, um, I'm going to say falls into the gross stage, <laughs> the gross type <laughs> of books. Um. But not, honestly, not because it's actually gross, but because I gross out really easily. And so, oh, yeah. I yeah, so I'm like, I'm reading part of it and I'm like, <laughs> trying really hard not to gag because parts of it are just so gross. But this the story is really interesting. And so I'm like, I'm I'm having to balance between enjoying the the story part of it and grossing out at the gross parts of it yeah <laughs> i found that with edge of the breach actually because i quite like the gore but the gore was very intense <laughs> so there was times when it was like oh that was a lot <laughs> okay yeah let's let's <laughs> take a second kind of carried it through. <laughs> yeah let's you know it's some books and there's uh there was a stephen king book uh the the last book actually in the dark tower series that did that to me where i actually had to skip parts of it because the way that he was describing certain situations they were i was literally reading it gagging and just <laughs> trying not to lose my lunch it was i'm like you know yeah um, and if I think about it too much, I will be here on the podcast gagging just right in front of you because it's, it was that bad. Um, but yeah, this, the, the book that I, that I'm proofreading and it's the characters are, they're just, they are rough. 
characters. This this author, he has done a good job at creating just some really dislikable characters. Like I'm pretty sure not one character in that book is actually likable. Oh, I like those kind of books because it's almost quite painful to read because there's nobody to like. <laughs> there's, yeah, I mean, there is not a single person in that entire book that I am rooting for. Like, not a single one. Um, so, yeah, when it comes out, I will be sure to let you know. You might want to check it out. Um, there is sex in it, I will warn you. Um, and some of it is, it's, like, none of it is, none of it is taken with care. Like, there is no, there is no respect in this book at all. Like, it's, it is, it's harsh. It's, it's a harsh book. Um, but it's, but it's done, you can tell it's done that way on purpose. It's not, like, the, the author isn't just writing this book just so he can get away with, a bunch of stuff. I mean, it's, he's, you can tell he's taken care with how he's written his characters and how he's written his book. And he has done everything deliberately to make these characters unlikable and to make you, yeah. you know, so it's, I can't really say that it's negative. I mean, parts of it can probably be seen as problematic but in the context of the book, it's necessary. Yeah, it's got its intention. It's you place. know, there's, yeah, there is intention behind it. It's not just, I want to write this book so I can be a racist SOB. It's, <laughs> I mean, it is, it's, it's done with care and it's done with intention. And it's, and it, part of it, I think, is done so that you won't like that character. Um so it's, you know, while parts of it are, it's rough. I am not going to lie. This book is rough. Um, but it's not rough in a, in really a, a bad problematic way. It's rough in an intentional way and in, in a way that is deliberate so that you, I mean, you will not like these characters. I am just, I am not going to sugarcoat it. I, there is not a single character in that entire book that I can actually say I'm rooting for this person to, to get their dreams and to get what they want. It's, I mean, everybody is just, yeah. Anyway, um, can't tell you the title of it yet. Um, I'm not sure if it's the final title or not. Um, but yes, when it comes out, I will let you know. Um, check it out if you find it too problematic. Sorry. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, all I, all I can say is that was that was intentional and it was deliberate um, by the author to make it that way um, on purpose. That was his voice that he chose and that was the style of writing that he chose for that book. Um, so I, there's not really a whole lot that I, I can do as the proofreader to change it. I mean, if... It would require rewriting the entire book if <laughs> if he had to change yeah. it. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 rough, but it's worth it. I think um, for for some people. So yeah, it's a bit like we were discussing earlier. Like, although we don't particularly want to address the issues, 
in our kind of writing we do have to explore the good and bad aspects of life to perhaps understand either side a bit better so it's kind of almost fundamental in that intentional way I suppose yeah and um you know and the the people in this book there are people like these characters in real life I mean they're they are dislikable people. I mean, they are not likable at all, but they're real, you know, and there are, you know, there are characters in this book that I ran across one character that she used the N word, um, in regards to a black person, um, that while yes, that is offensive and no, you will never hear that word come out of my mouth. Um, in this particular case, because of the type of character that she is and the type of person that she is in the book, she would use that word. Unfortunately, she is, I mean, these, these characters are not likable. I am telling you, I cannot emphasize that enough. Um, you know, and so, you know, I'm sitting there and, you know, and I'm proofreading and, you know, my proofreading is different, obviously, from my reading for review. This is not a book that I would review on my website. Um, just, you know, mainly because the author warned me ahead of time, hey, there's there's really graphic sex in the, in the book. And I'm like, I will tell you right now, I won't review it on my blog because I don't do that. Um, I do not review books yeah. that have explicit sex. I have one on there that I actually need to go take off. Um, but I, I don't, I don't review books that have explicit sex, um, on my blog and my readers know that and they know to come to expect that. Um, fair enough. It's good to have those boundaries. Yes. Um, and I, and I tell people, I'm like, my mom reads my blog, you guys. I, I know I'm, (laughs) I know I'm 40 years old, but you know, there's just some things that, you know, you just you just can't share with your mom and that's one of them. And you know, so a lot of, you know, most people understand that and most people um, appreciate those boundaries that I've set. So, um, you know, while I won't review this book on my blog, um, I will mention it probably at least a couple of times once I know it's been released um, so that you guys know um, that if that sort of stuff doesn't bother you, Hey, go check it out. If you enjoy reading about in like just completely dislikable characters in completely horrible situations, um, check it out because I mean, who knows? You might like it. So, um, okay. So we've got about five minutes left. Um, and I have tried in the past. I haven't made it to that part, um, on every episode, but I try to end with, some advice that you would give to a brand new writer or a brand new author? Um, so I was just thinking about this um, the other day, actually, as you do. Um, <laughs> um, there's quite often the advice to just write, which is good advice, but it's quite weighted um, advice. It can mean quite different things to different people. So I would say if you're struggling or you're a beginner writer to try writing lots of different types of writing and lots of different mediums. So for example, um, tweeting could be an example 
of writing. Um, it's very short form, so you're practicing how to be concise and precise, that kind of rhymed. <laughs> um, and then you've got non-fiction, you've got fiction. So for example, I write quite a few articles alongside the books that I'm writing. Um, so it just expands your kind of um, almost writing stamina, if you like. Um, just different ex explorations of what you're interested in, um, what you can be in insightful about, and just kind of taking advantage of that passion that you've got for whatever you're writing about, really. And just kind of go with the flow, because I found as a new writer that I was punishing myself for my books being slightly shorter than what you'd expect of a typical book. Um, because every single word in my books has its place and it's just as powerful, if not more powerful, than a 400 page book. So just take your time and do what's best for you, really. Okay. That is, that is actual, that is excellent advice, I think. Um, you know, just if you're determined to write a fantasy book, but you're feeling blocked, then you know, go try to write a blog post or go try to, you know, one of the FS, the VSS, very short stories, um, on Twitter. Um, and you know, just keep at it and don't give up. Um, but just try different, yeah, just yourself a little bit. try different mediums and, and see which one works best for you to get you unblocked. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know whether that turned into a bit of a run. But yeah, <laughs> that's totally okay. It kind of happens. So, um, okay. Well, thank you, Daniel, so much um, for coming and visiting with me today, getting our 2022 um, podcasting year off to a really great start. Um, hopefully we've given everybody some great tips on mental health and gave them some good recommendations for books. Uh, we, we talked about quite a few today. Um, and I, I look forward to hanging out with you on Twitter. Thank you very much, Lee. I thank hope you enjoyed the episode, whoever's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much again for, for coming on the show, and I will talk to you later. Thank you very much, okay. Lee. Thank you. Bye-bye.